My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scariest Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Margaret Williams is the editor of Tribeza, an Austin, Texas-based magazine focused on art, food, travel, style, and more. Growing up in Austin herself, she has a unique and refreshing view of a city that's constantly changing. Additionally, she didn't have a traditional path when it comes to the publishing industry. Living in New York for the better part of seven years, her experiences in the art world all added up to what I'd consider to be one of the most refreshing interviews yet. And if I do say so myself, she sure knows how to enjoy a Sunday. Without further ado, here's Margaret. Margaret, welcome. Hi, Will. This is so fun. Thanks for having me. Let's start off. So you're the editor for Tribeza. Yes. Can you explain... For non-Austinites, I see this at the grocery store. I see it at on book stands everywhere. Mm-hmm. But for non-Austinites, can you explain what it is? Maybe its history, its role in Austin, just everything about it? Yeah, so Tribeza was founded 18 years ago, actually. So it's been around for a long time. It has a pretty rich history in the community. It's an arts and culture publication, monthly. And we really have been telling the stories of Austin and Austinites that whole time. Mm-hmm. And Really, our mission is to tell stories that our readers don't already know about, or if it is something they already know, to really take that story to a deeper or a richer place. Yeah. You're from Austin, correct? I am, yes. Okay. I'm a Austin transplant now. Okay, I've welcome. been here for four years. How has the city changed in your eyes since when you were growing up here? Well, it's funny. In some ways, it's changed a ton. In other ways, it feels super familiar. I mean... Parts of town are unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't a ton downtown when I was a kid. Um, The east side obviously looks super different. It's a lot bigger and there's a lot more non-Texans, which I think is really fun and really great. But I also still run into my parents' friends at the grocery store. Yeah. And that's really fun too. It is a big, small town. Definitely. It's kind of weird. It is weird. I mean, I think if you're, especially if you're, in you know some version of Central Austin, it feels still feels very small, which I really like. Just being here for four years, I will still be at the grocery store and see people all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll be at a restaurant and run into people, and it's kind of insane. I never thought that in a city this big that grows this fast that you would just still see the same people. Um, are there any things in Austin that have changed that you absolutely love or that you absolutely hate? Well, I love, um, there's much better food now mm-hmm. than there was when I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, that's huge and amazing. Like I remember when Macaroni Grill first opened in Austin, <laughs> that was a huge deal. And honestly, I did not know that it was a chain. Yeah. Like we just thought, oh my gosh, this is oh, huge. This, ma- this great, Italian this magical Italian restaurant that pours wine on the honor code, you know, <laughs> is coming to town. So, you know, I think that that's like sort of a silly, you know, illustration, but that shows how much it's changed. Yeah. Um, so the type of food, the quality, all of that is amazing. I love that. Um, I, it's funny too. Like when I was a kid, things felt so much farther than they are now. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess maybe this is just feels this way everywhere, but like my grandmother, so Maddie's used to be green pastures mm-hmm. and we would go there for big occasions because it's where my parents got married. Yeah. 
And um, she really felt, my grandmother truly thought like it was a drive out to the country. Yeah. And now I drive by it all the time. It feels like it's in like the, like the middle it, it of the city. Is. I mean, it is in the middle of the yeah. city. It's the middle of everything. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really funny. Um, I Is there anything that really bugs me? I don't know. I mean, I think in general, if someone lives somewhere, they should try to connect with their community and the city's history. But I really feel like that should apply wherever you are. Yeah. So it does bug me when people sort of like blow into town and don't really seem to take any interest in kind of like the community around them. Um, But I think that's just a great way to get to know wherever you live. Yeah. Whether it's Austin or San Francisco or, you know, Portland or wherever. Yeah. I mean, so... Because you grew up in Austin and you have, I mean, now being the editor for Tribeza, mm-hmm. you have a deep tie to the city. Um, yes. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel an obligation for that to have that tie to the city or is it more of like a, I don't know, it, for me being from Michigan, I'm very proud of where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I still keep tabs on the local news when I'm here, even though there's really no point in doing that other than just like me micromanaging in my head no, of like totally. what they should be doing. Yeah. But yeah, what kind of connection do you have there? I, I mean, kind of I feel an obligation. I, I really like talking about Austin. Yeah. And I really like talking about the history. And certainly there's tons of stuff I don't know. But, you know, both my parents grew up here. I grew up here. Like, you know, my siblings are now both back in town as well. And so, um, yeah, I really love learning about the history of places that I don't already know about or kind of like sharing that with other people. I think that's super fun. And I also think, you know, it's a great way to connect with people who are new to town Mm -hmm. is, you know, I I love, you know, recommending places, recommending things. And sometimes there are places people have heard about, obviously, but, you know, like Dry Creek Saloon is this bar that's like been around forever and ever. And it's kind of in a random area and most people don't really know about it. And, you know, places like that are super fun to share with people who um, are newish to town and, and, you know, just may not be on the radar. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. How do you want non Austinites to view the city? How do you want them to walk away from a trip to Austin and feel? Um, I, I think I want them to know that there's a lot of people here who have been here a long time. Mm -hmm. And while there's a lot of growth and change, people always act so surprised when they meet me. Um, you know, they'll say things like, oh, you're a total unicorn. And, you know, I mean, I run into people all the time that I, that I grew up with. So I think it's good to know that there are lots of people here who've been here for a long time and are really invested in the schools and the government and like businesses and just all the things that really make the place richer. Um, I think sometimes people are surprised Austin is really liberal, but it's not that progressive necessarily. And so I think it's good for people to know about, um, Austin's history of, you know, racism. And I, you know, that's not a super fun thing to talk about, but yeah. I think that's important to, um, to kind of acknowledge, mm-hmm. um, at the very least. And yeah. I think it's funny that keep Austin weird is such a thing that people say. Yes. And yes, in my opinion, Austin's not that weird. I know you go to like New York city and you find yourself in a neighborhood and you look around and I'm like, this is a lot weirder than Austin is. No, you're totally right. And I think it is weird for Texas, but I think Texas has a much uh, different barometer when it comes to like what's weird and what's not. I, I totally agree with that. Austin, I think Austin did used to genuinely feel 
much weirder than yeah. the rest of Texas, but it still is a lot weirder than the rest of Texas. Yeah. And like I have, I have a good friend who moved to Austin recently from Dallas and she grew up in San Antonio. And it is funny even hearing someone like her, who's, you know, young and has seen all the changes sort of respond to Austin and talk about all the things about it that are quirky that I don't think I notice. So yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, Austin is surrounded by Texas, which is a wonderful you know, varied place, but definitely Austin's an yeah. anomaly yeah, within the state. I don't say that as a knock on Texas. I say it, it just as kind no. of like, it's almost, it's not a misnomer because Austin is a little weird and has uh-huh. its intricacies and uh-huh. interesting parts, but it's not as weird as people make it out to be. Right. And I think that really came out of like Austin's hippie culture, yeah. which used to have a much bigger part in the city. Yeah. I mean, that, that was sort of like weird was the word for hippie yeah. a yeah. little bit. And now that doesn't seem so strange, but yeah. that's kind of really what that comes out of. I do think it has changed my thinking being here a little bit. My, I feel like my horizons are definitely a little wider now. Yeah. I don't feel Good. like I have such Good. a narrow view of the world and like, as I did before I moved down here. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because I grew up in a small town, lived there for a long time. And so being here, it has caused me to, you know, see things in a different light, which is a good thing, hands down. Uh, are there any stereotypes of Austin that you don't think hold true? Hmm. Any stereotypes? I mean, just that it's filled with nothing but hipsters. Yeah. And kind of that sort of very like one note, you know, kind of sort of branded depiction of Austin of like, you know, people zipping around on scooters and like only going around to like the newest bars, (laughs) like on 6th Street and stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Also, like Austin is a really it place, Mm -hmm. but I think national companies like really trade on that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's layered like any place. I mean, there's all kinds of stories here. There's all kinds of people. And so I don't know if it's so much a stereotype, but I definitely don't think Austin's one note. And I mm. think I like it a lot when people like go deeper and yeah. really kind of know what they're actually talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So before you moved back to Austin, you lived in New York. Yes. How yeah. long did you live in New York for? So I I graduated from Austin High and I moved to Atlanta to go to college uh, at Emory. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I moved to New York and I ended up being there for 10 years. I um, worked in the art world, uh, which is a field that I loved. And I worked with this great painter who I had a wonderful relationship with. His name um, is Kyle Fonseca. And I met my husband at some point. He's mm-hmm. from Ohio and we both had moved to New York after college. Um, he was a teacher and we met and we just wanted to stay kind of as long as we could. Yeah. We loved it. We had both our kids were born there. And then when our youngest son Ford was four months old, he mm-hmm. left. It just felt like time. Yeah. I missed home too. 10 years is a long time. It's a long time. Honestly, yeah. when I feel like when most people live in New York for 10 years, they're there for the long haul after 10 years. I know it's funny. We, ha- we have a lot of friends that are still there and I mean, have kids and, you know, have the whole thing going on and, mm-hmm. you know, really like full busy lives and it's definitely not easy for them, but they love it and they make it work. Yeah. But yeah, it was, you know, I also, I mean, I'm from Austin and so yeah. it felt crazy. Was it hard to, to convince your here. husband to move back? No, actually when I, when I met him, I thought, okay, well that's that. I'm marrying a Midwesterner and who knows, I may end up back in Texas. I may not. They're a good breed. They, they are very good stock. Yes. Mm-hmm. As, as you know. Um, and yeah, but he, over the years fell in love with Austin and we both liked the idea of living somewhere where we had family and close friends. Yeah. And so it was, you know, kind of a no brainer. Yeah. It, it, it took me all of 30 seconds to think about whether or not I was going to move to Austin. And I was like, yeah, I think that sounds great. It's like on the top list of every single thing. 
Yeah. On every magazine that's like, oh, the top places to go live when you're in your 30s. I'm I like, know. yeah, I'll All go to Austin. Lists. Like, yeah. thanks so much. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I meet someone who's moved here, and this is kind of probably like dorky of me, but I'm still like, welcome. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. You know, I, I really feel that way. I think it's so great. No, that, I think it's good to have a sense of pride when it comes to where you're yeah. from. I mean, and, I, it's. And new people are great. Yeah. And that that's, you know. That's what keeps cities buzzing when there's more yes. people that are moving in. Because as someone who lived in a city where people stopped moving to, it was very, very, de- like, for a while it was depressing. No, and, you know, I will say my husband's from a great part of the country, but he's sort of similar to you in that cities either grow or they shrink. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't perpetually stay the same. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, people kind of want things to stay the same, but that's impossible. And so growth is definitely comes with its challenges, but it's definitely, you know, we're super lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So... You worked in, you said for seven years you worked in the art world? Yeah, six. So I, I moved to New York and I did this thing called the Sotheby's American Arts Course, mm-hmm. which is a graduate program, um, like a real practically based graduate program that kind of gives the students a real landscape of the art world in New York. Yeah. That was a year. And from there, I started working with Kayo and I was there six, seven years. Yeah. I have to look back to exactly see. But what were you doing time. for him? I was his studio manager. Okay. So he... Um, Works in the East Village, and he has uh, a space that's both, you know, he has a space for his home, but also his studio and his office. And so I worked with um, collectors, um, art dealers, gallery owners, some museum stuff. I helped a little bit with his dad's estate as well, a mm-hmm. sculptor named Gonzalo Fonseca, who's actually in the collection at the Blanton here in Austin. Oh, really? You can go and see. That's it. cool. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. need to go check that out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was great. I loved it so much. And then I, t- I took a break when I had my daughter Caroline. It's kind of like, I mean, from my experience with being around artists, it's kind of like a hot and cold thing. Sometimes they're uh, artists are generally kind of emotional and I don't know if he was or anything, but it's, it was always interesting to be around artists when they would bring in like new artwork or anything like that. Oh, I loved it. And what I realized in that job and I, it took me a while to even articulate this, but what I realized is I love being surrounded by artists and creatives that's kind of an overused word but you know what I mean yeah I love being surrounded by artists but I also like being the linear thinker in the room so I like being the one to kind of like create structure out of what is sometimes not a very structured environment yeah um and Kaya was great I mean he he was I think he was also great at um you know working with you know sort of what it meant what it looked like to sort of navigate the art world yeah but also he was so um focused on the work itself and mm-hmm. really stayed true to like his training and and the way he'd learned to paint and draw so that was really inspiring was art see that level of like real like you know craftsmanship yeah yeah was art something that you were interested in obviously you had to have some interest in it in yeah. order to do that program with Sotheby's um I mean, are you an artist? Do you No, do I'm not. And I think for a long time, I felt bummed by that. Yeah. That I didn't really have much artistic talent beyond like, you know, the odd like black and white high school photography <laughs> project that I'm sure we all went through that phase. Oh, yeah. I like have like just visions oh. of like a, sh- a shoe that I drew in, hi- in like high school. Totally. And it was good, but I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not cut I, out for this. I'm not really. Yeah. yeah like this isn't the thing that I'm going to stake my name on. Um, so... I kind of, I think for a long time wanted to be an artist, but that was never where I was naturally drawn to. And then I took my first semester freshman year, I took an art history class mm-hmm. and it like everything sort of clicked. Okay. I'd always loved art. I feel like those are hit or miss. Some people totally. sign up for it thinking, oh, I want to learn about art history. 
And then it just kind of beats them down. Or I think it might inspire other people. I loved it. I mean, the head of the art history department, uh, Dorothy, I'm blanking on her last name, but this amazing, wonderful, you know, doctor of, you know, art history um, was the, she, she led the class and she ended up being my um, advisor and it kind of felt involuntary. Like I knew right away. I mean, I remember calling my parents and saying, this is going to be my major. Yeah. And good for them that they totally supported me. It was your, so it was your major? It was my major, right. Okay. So, so from freshman year on, it was my major. And so I was really like pointing towards that all four years. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I still do. I think it's amazing to me that like one tiny little painting is this vehicle for history and speaks to such bigger things. That's why I, I don't do this enough and I wish I was better about it. But when I go to a new city, I do like to try to go to a museum just mm-hmm. because it's pretty interesting. Right. Even if the stuff isn't um, central to that city, I still just like seeing old pieces of art or something like that. Oh, totally. My fiance likes art or science museums and things oh, cool. in those, but I'm more of like a fine arts or modern art museum yeah. person. And it's always just so interesting to me that like these things are just so old and you walk up and you see, look at their brush strokes and it's just, it just blows my mind I know. that they've lasted this long. Well, it's amazing to think like how much, how much effort and work it takes for those artists to even mm-hmm. have that, um, to have that vantage point where other people are seeing their work. Like yeah. that's such a tiny percentage of all the art that's created. Yeah. So I always think that's really interesting. And I think it is the best way to like dig into a city. Just if nothing else, it's like always start with it's a great cool. museum. I also think museums are like the perfect place to be on a Sunday. Totally. My air fiance would work in their air. <laughs> yeah. Like she would work um, on weekends sometimes when I would go visit her in Houston and yeah. I would just be like, all right, I'm going to go to the museum. Yeah. And it's air conditioned. So good. There's water fountains everywhere. It's quiet and like it's you can just, have headphones in it's just and perfect. kind of like zone out. No, yeah. it's really it's really like can be meditative. And then meditative. if you if you sit down like on a bench and just stare at one piece of work for like an hour, no one's gonna question you. No, They're it's just great. like, oh, he's really into it right now. And really, people I think aren't very comfortable just looking at art. They sort of want to see it and immediately, you know, have a whole theory attached to it. But I mean, I think the best thing is just to look at art and yeah. enjoy it, and then. If you oh, want to dig into the history. About. Yeah. But a lot of people are really uncomfortable about that. So I yeah. think that's something that Kaya was really good about. He would say, just look at the painting. There's not, yeah. you don't have to like immediately have a, a hypothesis about what this means to you. Yeah. You know, my dad would bring, we went to Los Angeles when I was a little kid. It was spring break. And mm-hmm. I really, I really liked Van Gogh for some reason when yeah. I was a little kid and it made he, no he's, sense. He's good. And my dad, uh, my dad took me, they were having a whole exhibit of Van Gogh at whatever museum we went to there. Yeah. yeah. And my dad was trying to get me to put on the headphones that you listen to of like all the things. And I, I wanted to be like, now that I look back on it, I'm like, dad, just the fact that I wanted to go to a museum and see Van Gogh stuff, it's like, should have been no. enough for you. I know. I know. Um, how did you go from being in the art world for so long to becoming the editor of a magazine. Yeah. So I've had kind of a winding path. I mean, so I, I worked, um, uh, in the art world for a long time and then I had my daughter and I took a break and I wanted to be home with her. And then our son came along two years later and I still felt the same <laughs> during that time. I had a home organization business mm-hmm. that, um, that I ran, um, kind of, you know, on the side with being a stay at home mom. And that was a really great time. Um, what would that, what did that business entail? Yeah, I We know. have to take a pit stop right it's, now. See, it seems like, su- it seems, it's actually quite in line with what I used to do and what I do now, but it does sound kind of out of nowhere. I would go into people's homes mm-hmm. and I would 
help them get rid of stuff okay. that they'd been holding on to for years. It's like, it was very emotional, yeah. quite frankly. And then I would create, I would try to create structure where it was chaos before. Yeah. So I'd like help them clean out everything. And then the stuff that was left, I would catalog, organize, color code, you know, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah, whether it was a closet or an office. And I would help them. I would even purchase the supplies for, you know, like what they would need yeah. to keep the organization, to keep things organized. Yeah. It was I, fun. I kind of like that. I mean, it was I, great. I, I'm, you're super organized. I'm right? an organized person. Yeah. I'm kind of neurotic. And yes, even if something might not look organized to you, if you, if you walked into my apartment right now, you'd be like, why are there five stones sitting in this dish over here? And it's like, I, that's just where I like them. Cause that's where I put them. I'm not a hoarder <laughs> right. by any means or right, anything like right, that, right. but it's just like, everything has a place. And if it's not in place, I kind of freak out a little bit. And I think that's like, I mean, it's not like a source of anxiety for me, but it's definitely a coping mechanism where I can feel good about it when things are clean and when things are organized. I completely relate to that. Like I cannot go to bed unless things are settled. I have to like make my bed before I go to bed so that I can get into a clean bed. Yes. You have to get into a made bed. Yeah. It just does not work otherwise. It's so gross. No, it helps you feel like a grown up too. I mean, for some reason, yeah. I'm just very interested by this. Oh, well, I could, I could go <laughs> on and on. I mean, it, it was it was fun. I actually, I mean, I loved it. So from there, I was I did that in New York, and then I also did it in Austin. And I have a great friend who knew the owner of Tribeza mm-hmm. and knew that he was, George Elliman is the owner and publisher of Tribeza. And I knew that they, she knew that he was looking for someone. Mm-hmm. And she really came to me and said, I know this might seem funny to you, but I think your skills are really well aligned with what Tribeza needs. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was a huge learning curve. Um, and a lot of people were a huge help, you know, when I was first getting going, but it's strange. It's very similar to what I did with Kayo in a bizarre way. I've always loved to write. Writing isn't the main thing that I do. It's, you know, um, conceiving of and assigning stories and, you know, making sure everything gets in on time and, you know, and budget. And, you know, then obviously, um, I do all the big picture editing and then we also have a copy editor or a line editor who um, is really almost like a mathematician and makes everything so much better. So yeah, but sort of like organizing all of those creatives and creating structure, um, I love. I mean, just the aesthetic of the magazine is like organized and refreshing and clean looking and nice. And so it makes sense that like someone like you would be in charge of something. No, like I that. love it. And I definitely have my predecessors. I mean, there's so many people who've come before me who've made Trebeza what it is. Mm-hmm. It's re- it's honestly a really, really neat publication. Um, it's, you know, always been a small team mm-hmm. and the magazine is able to accomplish a lot. Yeah. You know, with sort of a, a small footprint. How big is the team? There's uh, four of us on the editorial staff and then um, there's uh, two on the sales staff and then we have our owner and, um, you know, a ton of freelance writers, photographers, illustrators, of course. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a neat team. It's and coming we, along. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> yeah. And we've, you know, so, um, this, our September issue just came out, you know, uh, on the first, obviously. And we've done a cover redesign that Tarbeza's art director, September Broadhead led. So it's really neat. It's an, it's an exciting time. Yeah. Cause there's all this great history there, but we're definitely wanting to be forward thinking. Yeah. Well, with the September issue, you have an event going on. Um, we do, yeah. Lookbook Live. Yes. Tell me about that. Okay, so Tribeza, um, and I think you know some of your audience will know this, Tribeza has 
always been known for their fashion events in the mm-hmm. fall. For years, it was called Style Week, and we've kind of rebranded and shifted things um, beca- based on kind of like what we thought, you know, our readers and audience really wanted. But basically, we have a beautiful lookbook in the September issue, and this event is really celebrating yeah. everything in that issue and the lookbook specifically. So it's kind of, you know, coming, you know, it's the tagline is from the page to the runway. You yeah. Know? The, the pages are really going to come to life. Mm-hmm. So it will be at Native Hostel on September the 25th. That's a good spot. It is a good spot. <laughs> I know. I love it over I've there. I've only been there once or twice, but every time I'm like, I should, uh, I should make like, it back here more. I know. It's so great. It's like, you know, you know it's going to be great. And then I feel like it's a fun place to discover, you know, a lot. And so it's at Native Hostel um, and we are taking over their big event space. We're having a VIP pre-party beforehand in the romper room, which is that cool room upstairs that has like, a row of bunk beds and a really yeah. great bar. And anyway, it's a cool space. So we'll have the VIP from six to seven 30. And then the main event space is from seven to 10. And the, the sort of the highlight of the whole evening is going to be a runway presentation yeah. with um, a bunch of great stores here in town. And then we're going to have, you know, pop-ups all throughout the night, delicious food, really great drinks. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun night. It sounds like it's going to be a great night. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the same breath as this whole style thing, yeah. how would you describe your personal style? I think it's fairly classic. I mean, I don't make huge swings in my style, but I, I like, I like kind of a vintage influence with like denim and accessories and things like that. But then I like it to feel classic, but also fresh. Yeah. That sounds so generic. I'm sorry. I don't really know. How, I, I don't know. So, yeah. I it's mean, hard to describe your personal style is. to people. Yeah, it is. It is. A little bit feminine, but not too crazy feminine. But I do wear skirts and dresses a lot. Um, but, yeah, I'm also, like, really, I think you're definitely a product of where you are. And right now, and Austin, honestly, is really leading this trend. This, like, kind of very fashion-forward Western movement mm-hmm. is a huge thing right now. Yeah. You know, Fort Lonesome, honestly, like, kind of, I, in my opinion, kind of kicked off the whole thing. And um, anyway, there's lots of great brands who are doing really interesting stuff. So I feel I lo- I'm loving that. Yeah. yeah. You are influenced by what's around you. You really for are. For sure. Like, yeah. the way that I dress in Austin is different than the way that I dress when I go to New York. Yes. And, like, when, last time I was in New York... I had been walking around all day and I saw these people wearing black t-shirts and I was like, why no one in Austin wears black t-shirts? No, you would never wear a black t-shirt. And I went to the store <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get a black t-shirt. Like yeah. I need to fit in yeah. around yeah. here. And now I just have this black t-shirt that I wear around Austin, but I feel like I'm the only person doing it. Well, I think it's too in New York because you leave your house in the morning and there's a very good chance you're not coming back yeah. until much later. And you know, you have work and then you have an after work thing usually there's like at least three kind of genres you have to hit with yeah. one outfit whereas in austin you know you can you people like change throughout the day and you have your car oh i like to shower so at like different. two in the afternoon every day because totally. i'm like so hot and i'm like yeah, yeah i gotta go do something this yeah, is yeah. terrible yeah we're all looking for ways to relax at night especially on sundays when the weekend winds down and the fear of monday's grind creeps in all we want to do is fall asleep that's why I'm happy to talk about our newest sponsor, RestUp by Alternascript. RestUp is a fast dissolving tablet taken at bedtime. The ingredients in RestUp help you fall asleep fast by calming your mind and promoting positive sleep patterns. The tropical flavor tablet dissolves in your mouth without water, so there's no more trips to the kitchen or bathroom. This non-addictive sleep aid works naturally with your body and is perfect for everyday use. RestUp contains only gentle, proven ingredients handpicked for the perfect night's sleep. So what's in it? 
melatonin that helps you fall asleep fast and regulate your sleep cycle, magnesium that's linked to the reduction of anxiety in the relation of muscles, and 5-HTP which is found in sunflower seeds and is known to elevate your mood. You've probably heard of Alternascript or seen their products in more than 4,000 CVS stores across America. They only use clinically studied high quality ingredients. This stuff works. I've been taking it regularly and not only does it work, but it tastes great. But don't take my word for it. Try it now for free. Just visit myrestuptrial.com slash sundayscaries to get a 14-day trial absolutely free. Again, get your free trial of RestUp by visiting myrestuptrial.com slash sundayscaries. As always, make sure to consult a doctor before trying anything new. And now, back to our conversation with Margaret. Do you want to do some uh, Sunday questions? Sure. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is kind of in the same same breath as what we just talked about. Okay. What is your ideal Sunday outfit? Well, okay. So I have to have two because it starts in pajamas and a robe, 100%, mm-hmm. a waffle robe. Oh, very important. Okay. I have a waffle robe. I don't wear it enough, but I have one. Oh, they're great. <laughs> and then I typically, if we have our act together, my husband and our two kids go to church. Mm-hmm. So we have to get a little bit, we have to get a little bit together for that. Yeah. And then the, so like, I don't know, cute dress, sandals, something relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then the moment I get home, it's switching either back into pajamas or outdoor voices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, they, like, totally. When they called their shorts the Sunday shorts, oh. it was just like, yeah, this. I mean, that's it, a perfect name for it. It really I, is. I really get I it. I know. Yeah. And then I was like, all of a sudden, I have like four pairs of these. So I'm like all tech sweat leggings. That's, yeah. That's the. You'd probably if you came and uh, and organized our closet, you would probably be very happy with what you found in terms of like okay, good. all of that. Good. My fiance has it all covered for your yeah. Sunday outfits. Okay. Good. Good. Um, if I opened your refrigerator right now, what would I find in it? A lot, actually. You'd find stuff for lunches for my kids, um, like, you know, pasta, chicken salad, mm-hmm. turkey, bread, cheese, peanut butter, all the usuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole top row is sparkling water. What kind? Well, just like H-E-B brand. Is That's that fine. No. Lame? I don't even drink sparkling water that much. I'm not a big sparkling oh. water person, so. Will. Uh, but I also know that if I, it, people are addicted to it. Oh, I'm not, I'm not I'm, saying that in a bad way. But no, I'm truly addicted to it. Yeah. it I feel more hydrated drinking, which I know is not accurate yeah. and no is not true, but I just, yeah. I, I drink it. a lot of ice water. And so sparkling water just Same. is never something that I've dove into because I'm always just drinking ice water. Yeah. No, no, no. So yeah. So lots of sparkling water. Lots of stuff for lunches for my kids. What flavors of sparkling water? Ooh, lemon, okay. grapefruit, okay. the Waterloo strawberry is excellent. It's good. I like excellent. The, uh, Waterloo coconut. I think is I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah a I lot like of people, it. coconuts hit or miss for people. It is. I I don't get too much of it because guests don't always like that. Yeah, and people think that it tastes like um, like suntan oil or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, like copper tone. This sounds weird, but I kind of like that. No, no, it no. I know. I like being it. outside in like yeah. summertime. It's like. I wish that in the morning I could just like, I mean, I guess I could if I wanted to, but I, I don't think it'd be a good look for like a grown adult just to like spray themselves with like no. suntan oil every day. I just love how that it smells. Smell. I love it. No. uh, Yeah. Coconut's kind of like cilantro though. Like yeah. people either love it or they hate it. Are lots, you, lots are you a love or hate cilantro? Oh, love for yeah. sure. I feel bad for the people that. I know. It's, it's like people with shellfish allergies. I'm like, I how know. are you living right now? This sounds terrible. I know it does. Like, but cilantro, apparently it's genetic. Yeah. Like your taste buds are either programmed to like it or the not. 
or uh, taste like soap. I think that's what my sister told me. So I don't know. If I that's think you're correct. I did. I wrote like a yeah, tastes like soap. Yes. Yeah. That's I wrote what it something is. on it one time, and I forget what it was, but yeah, it. A lot of people have it taste like soap. Yes. I have a friend who th- says that, or him, it tastes like soap, but he kind of likes it. Oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> we we always have lots of good bread. Like I always try to get a loaf of sourdough from either Easy Tiger or um, Texas French bread. Yeah. I don't know, but like a lot. Like right now, I just got a crock pot, Ooh, which was really a big, big, big move, you know. And so I'm like cooking um, salsa verde flank steak. Oh, that speak. sounds good. Yeah, I know. It's Oh, it's going right now. Lots of siete tortillas. I'm obsessed with those. I had to ban siete tortillas from our house. Just because we bu- we literally bought some today though, so my band is not going well. I just love. There's so many good tortillas in Austin. Yes, that to have a siete tortilla, I'm just like I can't stomach it. Oh, if I, love I was it. not living in it. Austin, if I was in Michigan still, then I'd be like, all right, we can do siete. No, no, no. But I think like a really good corn tortilla fills one need, and a really great siete is another. True, that's fair. And there's room for both. That's fair. I, d- I mean, I'm losing the battle. I I yeah. bought some today. No, so totally. That's totally. just who I am now. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, pretty pretty stocked fridge. Yeah, usually. I mean, yeah. I love pickled okra. That's kind of weird, but I love no, it. No, that's not weird at all. And my daughter loves it too, so I'll put it in her lunch. I didn't know that it was a thing until I moved oh, down it's here. So good. And the second I had one, I just love all the little seeds. Oh, it's so good. It's the best. Yeah. Um, what relaxes you? What are your coping mechanisms? Uh, I love t- probably like exercising, going on a hike, or swimming. I would say those are the three. I also read a lot. I love to read. Okay. Well, I don't read as much as I would like to. Yeah. But I think relatively speaking. When I was writing and editing a lot, I didn't read for fun. It just, it, it got completely taken out of my well, life. Well, I read a lot of novels. Okay. I think now that I work at a magazine, I still love, re- I love reading magazines, but I read less because yeah. it, it is what I'm kind of doing all day. But um, like I just read Fleischman is in Trouble. Mm-hmm. By Taffy, I'm going to butcher her last name, but she, she writes for the times. Okay. Taffy Brodesser Ackner. Apologies if you're listening. Um, anyway. Um, and I love, I'm reading a book by Ruth Reichel right now who I love. Um, anyway. So yeah. yeah. Reading, hiking, swimming, exercising. I don't know. Activity. Yeah. Activity. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Hanging out with my kids. I don't do nearly enough activity, so I, I need to get out there more. I like going, go, being outside with my kids and, and my yeah. husband is really the main thing. For me, it's like if I'm outside, I feel like I'm doing something. Even if I'm just laying there doing 100%. nothing, I still feel like I'm getting something out yeah. of it and getting some sun. I've realized how much getting some sun can do for I your know. mental state of mind. Like we live right by Shoal Creek, right by the Pease Trail. Mm-hmm. And so we went there the other day and like it was a million degrees and it's not really the nicest time of year to be doing that, but it was no. still so great. No. We went, found fossils and, you know, had a blast. Yeah. Well, when you just said you got a crock pot, I was just like immediately started <laughs> thinking about like, oh man, I would love some meatloaf or not meatloaf. Sorry. Um, pot roast. Very Midwestern. Of yeah. Them. I was like, I yeah. want some pot roast, but at the same time, I can't eat pot roast when it's a hundred degrees outside. No, you can't. It yeah, has yeah. to be a cold weather meal. Yes. And mentally flipping the switch in Texas is so much different. Because I know. All I want to do is once Labor Day's done, I just want to dive fall. into fall. But we really have like at least six weeks. At least six weeks. At least. It That's might be worse. optimistic. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's your weekly iPhone screen time look like? I don't know. I don't track that, but it's much higher than I want it to be. Yeah. I, I will say I, when I'm doing stuff around the house, um, like making dinner or folding laundry, I watch, I have like the Bose wireless headphones mm-hmm. and I'll have a show going. Oh, okay. So I think that kind of inflates my screen time, Definitely. whereas normally it'd be on a TV, yeah. but I'm constantly deleting and adding Instagram back onto my phone. 
Oh, really? The only way for me to restrict myself is if I take it off. I get it. Which is pathetic. They have the alerts now that you can set up where it's like, you have five more minutes left of social networking today. You ignore it every single time. I just don't feel like I need another person, like another thing to like, I don't know. When I reduce, when I like, I went through this whole stage of trying to get rid of my screen time and like really lower it. And the amount of apps that I deleted that I never reinstalled is insane. Mm -hmm. And now I I haven't reinstalled them, but now my my usage of other apps that I like has just gone up. Right. So yeah. now like Instagram, I'm it's gone up. It's just ridiculous. Twitter's gone up. Like all these like other I things. I try to not look at it before I go to sleep, but it, you know, I don't know. It's right there and it's yeah. also my alarm clock. It's just, it's like we're programmed now. It's bad. But I will, sometimes I will just leave my phone at home. Yeah. Which that helps. I started doing that. Yeah. And people don't like when you do that though. They don't, but remember <laughs> a time when you made plans yes. and then you just met someone yeah. and you weren't like, oh, I'll be there in two minutes. Oh, I'm pulling up. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm parking. That's the easiest way to get rid of like a chunk of screen time every single week. It's just by yeah. leaving your phone behind and going and running right. an errand. So I try to be kind of like all or nothing. Like I'm either totally engaged with it yeah. or not at all. Yeah. You don't want to have the guilt when you're actually on it. So I guess yeah. you, you just got to yeah. revel in it. Sorry. That wasn't a very black and white answer. That's but, fine. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I just, I kind of like knowing and I think most people try to reduce it. And I, I said on, I think I said during the last interview, I've completely relapsed when it comes to being on my phone a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's killing yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you drink coffee? And yes. if so, how do you take your coffee? I drink a lot of coffee and I take it black. There you go. And when I, I, I used to get lattes and I don't even really have a taste for that anymore, but I used to always get lattes, um, with two shots, small latte with two shots. And then I just, my husband drinks his coffee black and I mm-hmm. s- just sort of started liking that. And now that's like the only way. So black coffee or Americano is really my order of choice. I prefer an Americano. Oh, it's so good. And it's, I feel like it's really consistent at coffee shops most of the time. Totally. So that's yeah, what yeah, I like. Yeah. Do you yeah. go hot or cold? Hot. Always. Always hot? Mm, yeah. Like 99%. If it's, you know, if it's the afternoon, I need to pick me up, then I'll get a nice coffee or a cold brew. But mm-hmm. in the morning, it doesn't matter what temperature it is. It's always hot. Really? Yes. Okay. I go back and forth. When yes. I sit in my when I sit in my apartment in the morning and I'm not gonna leave, I do hot when it's but if I'm mm-hmm. walking outside, I can't walk out with a hot beverage. I'll I'll lose my mind. I know. I just the yeah, it's something like the experience is different if it's not. Yeah. But if I get iced coffee, I do add a little bit of milk. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh how do you take your eggs? Sunny side up. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. really have a preference for it. I just think it's funny to hear how people like them. I mean, well, there's so many different I ways to cook an egg. I love eggs. I love scrambled eggs, but they have to be a soft scramble. It yes. drives me bonkers when people overcook scrambled eggs. And fried is good too, but I, I like the yolk to be runny. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm it after. It has to be runny. Has to be. It has to be. Yeah. I, I, I always flip flop and I never really have like a tried and true like favorite. Uh-huh. I went through an over medium stage and it was like, what, you, what was I doing? Was everything okay in my life at that point? <laughs> right, right, right. You need to control. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> no, totally. I must've just been like, I don't know, going through something. But I love eggs. I mean, there's, yeah. I'll eat them any, any way Same. that they are now. Same. Egg salad. If, if, so, yes. if someone ever answers yes. egg salad, when I ask them how they take their eggs, I'll be the happiest be, person in the world. That would be amazing. It'd be kind of psychotic, oh, but I think I I'd like that. it. But egg salad isn't that big in the South. Chicken salad is. But egg salad is much more of a thing in the Northeast and maybe the Midwest too. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Right? I eat a lot of chicken salad. I eat a lot of like, just like blank salad. Like chicken salad, and egg Southerners salad, Southerners are salad. really picky about chicken salad. Really? Yes. They're very particular about what goes in it and what doesn't go in it. Explain. Well, like in the South, typically chicken salad is white meat. Yeah. Probably chefs do dark meat no matter what, but it's 
white meat. And a lot of times you put walnuts or grapes in there too. Mm-hmm. But I like it more simple. I don't like, I don't like walnuts and grapes in mine. I don't like nuts and grapes. I just like having like, I like a tarragon chicken salad. Oh, yeah. We'll see. That's what I'm, yeah, that's fancy. I like a, I like a curry chicken salad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. But when it comes to like the other <laughs> stuff, I'm like, no, I don't need that. I'll eat it still. Yeah. I can deal with grapes. I'm not going to like be too upset over it, but. Right, right. Yeah. Always green, cut in half. <laughs> uh, who is your favorite Instagram follower right now or follows? Ooh, a few. Um, locally, I, I love following Kelly Krause. She was at South by Southwest for a long time and now mm-hmm. she's with Lululemon and she's just like always doing such fun, interesting things. She honestly really, she works out every day and that really inspires me because mm-hmm. it's all about like body confidence and body positivity. So that's cool. Um, I love my friend Jen Pinkston is such a great follow, especially I think for other moms. She's just, I don't know, she has a sweet way of kind of picturing um, motherhood. And then I love to follow Amanda Brooks. She is um, in the English countryside. Mm-hmm. She was a New Yorker for years. I mean, I like how I t- I'm talking about her. Like I know her. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, just that's, to be clear. That's what I Instagram does. Do yeah. not know her. Yeah. But um, she worked at Barney's for years and now um, is a writer and has a shop, I think, in the Cotswolds is where she is. I love following her. I, I need to check that out. Oh, it's I need dreamy. some inspo. It's dreamy, but like not in an in a way that feels like this is actually her yeah. life. I went to the Cotswolds when I was in like fifth grade yeah. and I remember none of it. None of it. We're yeah. going back to England in January and Seems I can't like wait. lots of sheep. Yeah. Oh, a lot of sheep. Yeah. We're lots. going to the Scottish Highlands too. And I'm like, okay, what, nice. what can we expect from this? Oh, I've never been to Scotland. I never have either. And I'm very pumped about it. Yeah. I, I'm hoping to get, get, uh, get through all of it. I we'll love see. There's an artist here in town, Tyler Buck Gwynn. I also, I may be mispronouncing his name too. I really love his work. I love following artists. Um, I kind of go through phases. I follow a lot of people because of work. Yeah. Um, and so that's super fun. Yeah. I found that I follow a lot more people now than I used to because mm-hmm. I kind of want inspiration from Instagram as opposed to just wanting to stalk people that I know. Yes, absolutely. And so I will just follow random people. And it's like and a if, platform for like creativity yeah. and yeah. And like Andrew Knowlton, who was at Bon Appetit for a long time and is now, you know, started the Carpenter Hotel with a whole team. He's a super fun follow. I don't know, just people who are... You know, yeah, the people that I, the, my favorite follows aren't even the people that take like the best photos. It's the people mm-hmm. that just like make me feel something about what they're posting. I agree. Whether I'm laughing or I whether agree. I just think it looks really nice or whatever. That's just kind of my mentality when I look at that. I stuff. also love, like, nothing excites me more than travel. Yeah. And so I think that's super fun to follow, like, great, you yeah. know, kind of, you know, like Jordan, um, J- Jordan Fernie, who started Oh Happy Day. Mm hmm. Um, is was has been in San Francisco forever, and she and her family are setting off on a, this kind of big adventure where they're taking a, a sort of sabbatical from like work and their school. You know, I think they're gonna have like a tutor or something. But you yeah. get the point. It's like a yeah. big adventure, and she's always been a really fun follow. But especially now because she's talking about like how they're preparing to leave and yeah. every, everywhere they're gonna go, you and so she's a really fun. Up. They yeah. pop up all the time. People doing that these yes, days. And I, know. I guess there's no better time to do it. It just, it, I don't think it'll ever be convenient. I don't but have it the guts to take to, that kind of leap. Of I know faith. it is. It is really brave and cool. I think that they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the simple fact that like I work for myself now is like the biggest risk I've ever taken. Right. And it's really not even that <laughs> right. big of a risk. And so right. just the thought of doing that kind of makes me panic inside a little bit. No, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you're an organized <laughs> Midwesterner. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your ideal Sunday consist of? I know you've talked about already waking up, going to church and things like that. Yeah. What, take me through your ideal Sunday. An ideal Sunday would be start with lots of coffee. Mm-hmm. 
And I love reading the Sunday Times and I love watching CBS Sunday Morning. I do too. Oh, this that sounds great. It, it, I mean, and it's kind of an old person show. It's de- it's definitely an old person it. show, but that's why it's awesome. It's so awesome. Yes. Like this, the nature scenes at the end, oh, it's so calming. My kids love it now and they'll be like, mom, mom, moment of nature. Yeah. You know, what is it? I record it and I'll just put it on. If I'm like, if I'm just having a bad like afternoon or something, so and we're great. doing some work, I'll just yeah. toss one on in the background and it just kind of gets you through. Okay. This is very exciting yeah. to know that you I, love it. I also tried to subscribe to the Sunday Times but they can't deliver it to my apartment complex. And so I've just been at war with everybody trying to get this oh, to happen. That's annoying. I had to cancel. They credited me for everything. Yeah. I told them, I was like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm sorry. I have to say goodbye. I don't so, like reading it online. I want to have it in front of me and I want to be able to like get the same. magazine and do everything. Well, like during the week, I like reading online just for news and to know what's going on mm-hmm. and to hopefully try to be well informed. Yeah. But on Sunday, it's different. It's like an experience. Yeah. yeah. You know? And a lot of times I'll sort of read things throughout the week. Because I'm not able to get it all in. Yeah. You know. That's why when I, yeah, when I tried to subscribe, I was like, I'm just going to do Sunday. There's no way that I'm going to get yeah. through all of it yeah, anyway. Yeah. And honestly, like I shouldn't ignore the news of the world, but sometimes it just depresses me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. Wanna, I'm not going to read this every day. I read those like morning briefings in the morning. Yes. That helps. I still read that. I'm still subscribed to those, even though yeah. I'm not technically paying for it anymore. Right, so. right. Okay. And so, and then definitely time outside is essential to a Sunday and just like not really, really try not to schedule things on mm-hmm. Sunday. You know, um, getting even like getting together with friends, which is so fun and great, but I try not to do that. Yeah. Sometimes there'll be a birthday party for my kids, but, you know, we, I really try to like protect it. Yeah. We'll spend time outside, you know, I don't know, lunch, have a glass of wine. We go to Taco Deli a lot for lunch. Ooh, what's your taco? I don't have a glass to? of wine there, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, you mean you could, you could just bring like a turvis tumbler with it or something. <laughs> right, but we don't, we don't. What's your go-to taco at Taco Deli? Oh, um, the Jess special on corn. Okay, what's what's that one? It's, um, oh gosh, I want to say, I don't even like really, I don't know if I could answer that, but it's obviously eggs. I've had it before. Green chilies. It's, it's like Amiga's. Yeah. But it's better somehow. Okay. I don't yeah. know what they do to make it better. Yeah. But always corn tortillas. Always, always. I'm an auto guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The auto's great. I love it. I did that's, uh, there's not even have eggs in it. I just like. Uh, no, it's good. I it's just good. love it. And then I, the, whatever the one is, that's like the Mexico City sirloin. Just yeah. Like steak, yep. onion, cilantro, super simple. What kind of salsa? I like the doña, but I'm mo- verde. The doña scares me a little bit. Yeah. It's Sometimes pretty, it's hotter than other times. Yeah, and I just love the verde. Like I, I can never get enough of it. Yeah. What do you do after Taco Deli? Mm-hmm. How do you close down your Sunday? Okay, so go home, change into something comfy, like go on a walk, go on a bike ride, something along those lines, mm-hmm. like get outside, but also like keep laying on the couch and keep reading the paper, and yeah. that's probably when I'll have a glass of wine. And then every Sunday evening, um, my whole family gets together for dinner. So that's super special. Yeah. It's really fun. And now we're, we're all back here in Austin. So it's me and my husband, our two kids, my sister, my brother, my brother's fiance, and even um, his fiance's family will come yeah. sometimes too. And of course, my parents. We used to, when I was living in Michigan, we would do that every it's single so Sunday. Fun. And it was awesome. It really is. Even great. the Sundays when you don't want there, I mean, even though you love everybody, there's still Sundays when you don't want to do it. Uh-huh. But you always leave thinking, like, all right, I'm glad I did that. No, it's, it was, so, it's yeah, a good it's way really to start. nice. I think it sets us off on the right foot. And we like try to get together at like 5 30, kind of on the early side. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. Yeah. So you still have like some time when you get home. To yeah. Kind of now, these so. days now I just like, if it's after six o'clock on a Sunday and I'm not oh. like at home doing nothing, I don't, it's, I get like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about not doing anything, but like, same, I'm the same as you. I try to protect my Sunday by not making a bunch of plans. And if I do make plans, 
They're early plans. Yes, totally. I will never be going like to like an 8 o'clock reservation at, on a Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, yeah. same, same. Yeah. Well, Margaret, this was great. Well, this was really fun. Yes, I really enjoyed it. You're a great interviewer. I, th- I, en- I really enjoy your Sundays. I might have to steal some stuff okay. from you. I need to start going to Taco Deli more on Sundays. The one on Burn It. Yeah. We're there. To. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yes. This was really a blast. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, which is at SundayScaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at WillToFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.